You're listening to Keep the Main Thing, the Main Thing podcast. To learn more, visit thepineschurch.com. Welcome everyone to the Pines Church online experience. My name is Matt Joy. I am the lead pastor here, and I am so excited that you carved out 25 minutes and change with us to study the Word of God. I'm excited. We have an important topic today. Um, It doesn't get a lot of amens and high fives in the church, but it is something um, that is crucial in our walk with the Lord. And so to kind of springboard into this topic, I'm going to use a quote from J.K. Chesterton, G.K. Chesterton, rather. And it said, he said this, Christianity has not so much been tried and found wanting as it has been found difficult and left untried. That is a sobering statement. Untried or failed to put into practice. I think every single one of us knows someone that has said, ah, you know, I tried church and it wasn't for me. Kind of like the guy or the girl that said, I tried the gym, but it didn't really work out for me. But we know if you dedicate yourself to working out on a consistent and daily basis that it will benefit you, right? So when somebody says, I tried the gym thing and it really didn't work out for me, all they're really saying is shining a light on the fact that they haven't indeed really tried at all, right? And so I think often with Christianity, it's the same. And that's what G.K. Chesterton is essentially saying is that people will say, I tried the God thing, but it wasn't really for me. The question is, have you really put into practice the spiritual disciplines of God's word? You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 20, verse 5, that purpose in a man is as deep waters, but the man of understanding draws it out. You know, every man and woman who has crossed the horizon of this earth has a purpose. You were hardwired with a purpose. And purpose will always lead to growth and development. And to discover the purpose, one must be willing to explore the deep waters and and draw it out. This isn't a one-time act, but rather a commitment to continue to draw from the well. How often do we need water? Every single day. So the Bible is instructing us that we must be willing to excavate on a daily and consistent basis the purpose that God has placed on the inside of us. Psalm 42, seven says that deep calls out to deep. The question for all of us is, will we respond to the deep and the weighty things that God has placed on the inside of us? Will we commit to drawing out our full potential or will we fall short? Will we derive comfort from being in the kiddie pool? That's a question that we all must ask ourselves. See, we have this notion that spiritual growth and potential is this ethereal concept. It's rarely discussed and therefore it's most often neglected. Now, no one would argue that physical growth is real, right? We are bombarded with advertisements of different training methods and diets and disciplines. 
in which we can possess the power to transform our bodies, right? Going back to the gym analogy that I shared earlier. We know that this is possible, and most of us pursue this physical transformation in some kind of way. Whether you talk to an elderly person or you talk to somebody in their teens, almost everybody has in in their conscience something that they're doing to move the needle for their overall health or physical well-being. It may be yoga, it may be keto, Atkins diet, it may be Peloton, it may be lifting weights, it may be CrossFit, but everybody from 97 down to 17, probably even seven years old, has this idea that I can change my body and make it stronger. So if we decide not to get in shape, it's, it's not because we didn't know it was possible, it's because we don't want to do the work. But most of us, going back to the spiritual sense, um, are unaware that we can develop ourselves spiritually. And not only is spiritual growth possible, it is arguably more uh, essential than physical growth. Timothy 4.8 says, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and the life to come. Now, some people have used that scripture to say, I'm not going to work out because they say physical train is of little good or is good. Well, I don't know about you, but I want anything that benefits my body. So I am going to dedicate an hour every single day to transforming my body to make it stronger so that I can run this race. But Paul is putting the emphasis on you're wise to to concentrate on your physical body, but you would be wiser and you need to spend more time thinking about your spiritual disciplines. The fact that this is seldom discussed in the church and among believers proves that this really is a blind spot for most believers inside of the church, that they can develop themselves spiritually the same way that we develop ourselves in the gym. You know, there was a time and point if you go back in history where developing yourself physically wasn't in the social conscience. Like there weren't gyms on every single corner. There weren't videos. People weren't talking about diet. In fact, in 1949, there was a commercial that aired boasting that most doctors smoke camels than any, more doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. That commercial is laughable now because of what we know about physical health. But the reality is many of us are still in the dark when it comes to developing ourselves spiritually. See, we've become a culture that is constantly seeking ways to free up time and to make certain tasks go faster, but this has crept into our spiritual lives as well. We've gotten lazy in developing ourselves. And in the summer of 2008, Bill Hybels, which um, pastored Willow Creek Community Church, which was at the time the largest church in the United States, admitted that his megachurch had actually failed. He said, we made a mistake. We told the crowd that gathered for the 2008 uh, Global Leadership Summit, a detailed Willow study had found that the church had helped many people find new faith in Jesus, but had failed to teach them how to practice spiritual disciplines needed to grow their faith. 
The simple truth remains that you cannot outsource spiritual discipline. You cannot outsource it. It is something that you must develop inside of yourselves. See, maturity can't and never will come from a device or an application on your phone. And we live in a culture that boasts of fast results to all of life's problems, right? Seven-minute abs, learn a language in a week. We've been duped into finding shortcuts um, to our destination, but we cannot grow spiritually without living a disciplined life. And this is what Paul was trying to teach Timothy in his letters. 1 Timothy 4, 7, he says, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Eric Liddell uh, once said, you will know as much of God and only as much of God as you are willing to put into practice. You know, the Bible, and this is consistent with the message all throughout Scripture because the Bible in the book of James warns us not to be hearers only, but to be doers of the word. We can sit in church every Sunday. We can live stream every Wednesday and Thursday. We can amen and run in place. But if we're not putting the things that we're hearing into practice, then we are deceiving ourselves, meaning we are not going to grow spiritually, just as if we had a gym membership and we showed up every single day, but we failed to engage with any of the equipment or the weights. We would not grow. No one has a hard time grasping that concept. But when it comes to spiritual matters, sometimes it's like it goes right over our heads. When I share these truths with people, sometimes it's it's as if I'm looking at a deer in headlights. And people want to say, well, I go to church every single Sunday. But again, that's the same as going to the gym every single day and not doing anything about it. No, discipline is the backbone of potential. You can be the most attractive person on the face of the planet. You could have all the wisdom of Solomon. You could have the strength of Samson. But without a backbone, you would just be a pile of giftings. Or think of a tree. A tree could have the potential to grow higher than those that surround it. But without the root system to stabilize it, it will blow over in the storms of life. Disciplines are the roots of our transformation. See, discipline empowers us to make decisions based off of truth rather than our own desire. We become the captain of our impulses, not the other way around. It's putting into practice, as Eric Liddell said, what you know is true and right according to God's word. So let's take a closer look before we go any further at that word discipline, because we use it in a myriad of different ways. But discipline comes from the Greek word inkreta. I don't know if that's how you say it, which is derived from the root word krat, which denotes power or lordship. So having this understanding of of the Greek definition of that word, we can conclude that discipline means to exercise power over or train oneself. Physical disciplines expand our potential of our bodies in the natural, 
But spiritual disciplines expand our potential and understanding in the spiritual realm. Disciplines will literally improve every single area of our lives. Richard Foster said this, God has given us disciplines in the spiritual life as a means of receiving grace. The disciplines allow us to place ourselves before God so that he can transform us. The disciplines don't magically transform you. But what I want you to think about is disciplines are intentional decisions of putting into practice God's word and it's sending those roots out into God, which brings the transformation through his grace. And I think it's important to point this out. We don't work for favor. So we're not trying to work for favor from God, but rather from favor. God's favor already is lying on us. See, look what Paul said. Solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish well, good from evil. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. How do we walk into maturity? By constantly training ourselves in the word of God. It's putting God's word into practice. You know, think about it from just a worldly perspective about an athlete, an artist, how many hours they spend in training. Should our disciplines not rival theirs in their craft? Telling you that you need to be in the word daily is no more legalistic than telling you you have to eat every single day. Just as you discipline yourself daily to eat, so too you need to discipline yourself to eat spiritually by feeding on God's word. Now, that may sting a little bit because I'm telling you something that you should be doing every single day, but it's simply unavoidable if you crack open your Bible. See, Proverbs 12, 1 says this, to learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid <laughs> to hate correction. That's what the Bible says, Proverbs 12, 1. So, first of all, it's using the word stupid. If you don't like correction, then you're stupid. But discipline, you have to come to a place that you love it. And essentially, discipline is the ability to correct oneself. The ability to say no to what you need to say no to and yes to what you need to say yes to. See, moving on, let's probe a little deeper into the word discipline. Proverbs 25, 28 says this, a person without self-control or discipline is like a city with broken down walls. What do walls do? Well, you know, what is a city without walls? Walls protect us from the attacks and the influence of our enemy. What we say yes to and what we say no to protects us from the enemy's influence. So I say no to what the enemy's trying to dangle in front of me and deceive me into taking, and I say yes to God's word. And the only way that I can discern what the enemy is trying to deceive me with is evil, is by studying God's word and allowing it to take root inside of my heart. See, Proverbs 16, 32 says, better to have self-control than to conquer a city. 
It's literally saying it's better for you to discipline yourself, to have self-control, to know what to say yes to and to know what to say no to than for you to go and to be victorious and to conquer a city, to, you know, to be able to make it huge, but then to lose everything because you haven't developed the character to steward it. That's what the writer of Proverbs is telling us. So often we romanticize the dream and the vision, and then we celebrate the people that get there. But often because people have so focused on getting there, they haven't taken the time to develop the character and the integrity to be able to stay there. Leo Tolstoy once said this, everybody thinks of changing humanity, but nobody thinks of changing themselves. When we drift from discipline of constantly being in the word, we make decisions based off what we think we read or what we think we remember being preached instead of it being fresh revelation to us. And when your walls are down, you're open to deception. And deception will deceive you to believe that what is right is wrong and what is wrong is right. And I just want to pause for a second. Like if you turn on your television, I don't care which channel, CNN, Fox, left, right. It's, it's happening right in front of us. We are literally being told to accept what is evil as good and what is good as evil. What you as a Christian might call radical the other side would point at you and say, your vantage point is radical. So it's, it's disorienting if what you're doing is spending your time on CNN, on Fox, on MSNBC, and not in the word of God, because the word of God is going to be your true north. It's going to give you the azimuth you need to walk the narrow and winding road that leads to heaven because the enemy is doing everything in his power to deceive you. I'm gonna kinda close and, and narrow this down with this, okay? The Bible says in Colossians 2.7, let your roots grow into him, disciplines, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in what? In the truth. So our spiritual disciplines are the roots that go forth in God's word, in God, that connect us with him. And when we're connected with him, we have, we, we have his eyes to see and his ears to hear. And we're aware of the deception that the enemy is trying to blind us with. So I want to talk about that word roots. I want you to think discipline, spiritual disciplines, roots. Spiritual disciplines, roots. We don't get anything from the spiritual disciplines, but it's what the spiritual disciplines tap into. Roots. So I did a little homework, okay? A little science homework for you. I believe in science, whether this is right up your alley. There's four major functions of a root. Okay, so think of like discipline. So in a tree that has roots, four major functions. Number one, the absorption of water and nutrients. If that tree is going to grow, it needs to send roots out 
to get to in the soil to get water and nutrients. Without that, the tree is not going to grow. Number two, anchoring the tree, anchoring of the tree body to the ground, supporting it. When the storms of life come, and they will come, we will face adversity. Can I just say as a side note, it amazes me how many people on a Sunday morning can sing about being an overcomer, but then be surprised when the world throws adversity and opposition at them. Do you know in those words, to be an overcomer means you have to have overcome something. So we are going to face trials in this life, but God never leads us into a storm that he doesn't give us the power to overcome. So our our roots are connected to God, meaning that we can stand firm on the foundation of his word in the midst of the storms of life. Number three, storage of food and nutrients. What does the Bible say? I hid your word in my heart so that I would not sin against you. When you read and study the word of God, it sinks from your mind down into your heart and it changes the way that you see the world, yourself, God, and others. You're storing that nutrients in your heart. Number four, reproduction and vegetative fruit bearing. We as believers have been called to bear fruit. In other words, as we are serving God, there will be an evidence in our lives. We're no longer running with the same crowds. We're no longer doing the same things that we were doing because we were meant to multiply, to produce fruit in our lives. And it's a sign of a healthy tree that it produces fruit. And when a fruit doesn't produce our tree doesn't produce fruit, then you would say it's an unhealthy tree. But if we say that in the church world and people get offended, they put up their walls, but that should be an indicator to us that, wait a minute, I might be off track here. I might be putting my roots in things that aren't giving me nutrients, that aren't keeping me uh, grounded when the storms of life come. So that should be a red flag in saying, I need to make sure that I'm anchoring myself in the word of God, that I'm sending my roots, my spiritual disciplines in God's word. Again, great to work my body, but you know, if I'm working my body and I'm not taking care of my soul, what good is that? See, without a strong root system, a tree will never reach its full potential. The roots, which many people will never see, are the conduits in which the tree gains everything it needs. Much like the function of the root, our disciplines are the conduits in which we receive everything we need from God. The discipline of study, the discipline of serving, the discipline of fasting, the discipline of prayer, the discipline of worship, and I could go on and on and on, the discipline of thanksgiving, the discipline of gratitude, on and on and on. If the the roots weren't connecting the tree to the water, the nutrients, and the soil, they would be utterly useless. Disciplines that are not connected to God may yield some support, but will ultimately leave us falling short of our dreams. Can I give you one more scripture? 
and I'm really going to close with this, said every pastor ever, right? <laughs> okay, but I really am going to close with this, I think. Um, Psalm 1, 3. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. I'm going to say that again. Whatever he does, he will prosper. What does he do? If he is firmly planted by streams of water. We cannot simply grow without discipline. We can no longer afford to be casual with what Jesus viewed as essential in his life. We can no longer be led by the busyness of life, but rather take back the reins in being the master of our own days. What we say yes to and what we say no to is crucial as a believer in, 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 in us walking out and fulfilling the purpose that God has placed on the inside of us. Now you are responsible to discipline yourself. And if it is to be effective, it must be consistent. We're all mandated to live a life of self-discipline. The book of Proverbs tell us, tells us, oh wait, I already shared that, I'm so sorry. I'm actually going to close with one more scripture. I can't believe I just told you I was going to use one, but I got to use one more, okay? Please indulge me. This is important. You need to hear this. All these scriptures, okay, are, 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 are stirring things up inside of your heart to take action on. And I think this is, this is going to help you. I know it's going to help you. I don't think. I know it's going to help you. Paul says in Corinthians 9.26, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Paul says, I discipline my body. I do the things that I know I should be doing, and I stay away from the things that I know that I should not be doing. And it doesn't just come naturally. I have to discipline myself to do that. But I want you to focus on this as a discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Notice the word bring. It's present tense, okay? The past is gone and the future has yet to come. Discipline is about the here and now, now, right now. What are you willing to do now with the time that God has allotted to you? I cannot rely on the exercise of 15 years ago when I was in my 20s, right? I can't rely on that exercise, nor can I rely on my plan to exercise in the future. Well, I have plans, you know, I signed up for a gym membership and come 2023, I'm really going to get in great shape. No, discipline is about the here and now. What are you doing now? You know, we love to talk about vision and we love to talk about dreams and we love to share with everyone the destiny that God has placed on the inside of our hearts. And I think it's good to do those things. But discipline, dreams without discipline are only seen in slumber. In other words, you can get a dream, you can receive a vision, and you can share it with everyone. But unless you are willing to discipline yourselves 
to walk it out, you will never see it on this side of eternity. Discipline puts feet to our dreams. I'll close with this. I'm reminded of the late grunge star Chris Cornell in the 90s who wrote this lyric, dreams have never made my bed. It's good to have dreams, but without discipline, we'll never see those dreams come into fruition. God has so much planned for you. He has so much invested in you. And we must be willing to roll up our sleeves and, be, and to get a little dirt under our fingernails, to draw upon and excavate the purpose that he has placed in our lives. And the way that we do that is through discipline. I want to pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for every single person that's watching, that's listening to this. I pray that the right scriptures and the right words and the right truths would penetrate into their heart and that it would cause them to act, to step out in faith, not being hearers only deceiving themselves, but to be doers of the word. And I believe, and I pray that they would begin to gain traction on those destinies and callings and dreams that you've placed inside them. Father, let them walk away with a new hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us. Until next time, Godspeed. Thank you so much for listening to Keep the Main Thing, The Main Thing, a sermon resource provided by the Pines Church in Bangor, Maine. We'd love to hear from you, so leave us a review on this podcast. If you have any questions, visit thepineschurch.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.